0: Good morning, good morning, welcome to Christ Community Church, we're happy as heck that you're here, and um, if, oh yeah, if you're a student, you're dismissed, but you already knew that, so welcome, I'm glad you're here. Um, oh, Tommy wanted me to also say, please go get your picture made over there in the corner after the service, that would be a blessing uh, to him, so please do that. Um, I want to talk to y'all today about uh, something that some of you are going to consider I'm sort of meddling, and um, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, that's, my wife would say I'm a professional meddler, so that's, that's what I do for a living. Uh, let me read to you a passage as we get into this. Very familiar, it's from Luke chapter 10, sort of my own translation of it, but I think it does it justice. It um, says in Luke 10, Jesus... And the disciples were welcomed by Martha into her home. And her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the dinner she was preparing. She said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Would you please tell her to help me? But the Lord said, Martha, you are focused on so many details. There is really only one thing worth being focused on. And Mary has to so many things. Actually, it's a better would say you're focused on so many different things Mary has discovered that what's important is that you focus on one thing. I was just thinking about that little... Mary and Martha were two sisters in the life of the Lord Jesus uh, this week. Uh, Mary and Martha were two sisters. They lived in a little suburb of Jerusalem called Bethany. And um, they threw a party one evening for Jesus. He was traveling from... He was traveling from Samaria or from, uh, from Galilee and he was heading back to Jerusalem and uh, was traveling through their town and they became aware that he was coming. And so they said, stay with us tonight and we're going to throw you a little dinner party, which is exactly what you and I would do. And uh, I just found it significant that these two sisters had the same home, same family, same guest, same event, same chores, same demands. Everything in the life of Martha and everything in the life of Mary were exactly the same that night. And yet, those two sisters had very different responses and experiences and reactions to that same night and set of things going on that night. Very different um, reactions to that. wonder what the difference was. wonder why uh, Martha would respond very differently from Mary's response to the exact same set of things. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of factors. But at least one factor that comes into my mind is that they had a very different focus. Um, they, 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 they focused on different things related to the same evening. And it just led me to the conclusion that my focus... To a large degree, is going to determine my perspective, my response, my experience, my focus, how I focus on something, what I choose to focus on, is going to have a profound impact upon my perspective and my experience. Um... And I was just thinking this week about um, our minds, uh, the human mind, and how the human mind has a very unique ability to choose what it focuses on. I want you to think about that. That sounds sort of simple, sort of a given. But I want you to think about it from the perspective that the human mind uniquely in all of God's creation. There's not another aspect or part of God's creation. If there is, you let me know what it is. The human mind uniquely has the amazing ability to choose What it focuses on. I can focus on one idea, one experience, or one person over another idea, experience, or person. You can choose to focus your mind on things that are big or small, negative or positive, Good or bad. Hopeful, hopeless. We can focus on things that are connected with the past. We can focus on things that are connected with the present. We can choose to focus on things that are connected with the future. I find that to be a very important gift. That you and I as image bearers of God have been given that no other part of creation can do. The ability to choose what we focus on. What we let our minds think about. Um... Another unique quality that's related to this, that's related to our minds, is that our minds, according to the Scripture, are the doorway, the the conduit, the venue, through which we touch and impact our hearts. Nothing gets in your heart, nothing, and when I use the word heart, some of y'all that are real serious and technical in your Bible skills and studies and knowledge, you're going to get all discombobulated because, please don't. Just You can send me something later on and, and I'll read it and all that. But at the end of the day, in my little simplistic way of approaching the Scripture, when the Bible talks about my heart, Ashley and I are always debating this deal about our heart and our soul and our spirit. If you want to use those interchangeably. My heart, my soul, and my spirit. My point today that I don't want you to miss is we connect with and touch and interact with and influence our heart, our soul, and our spirit through our mind. What I allow... Into my mind. What I allow my mind to focus on. The Bible says. Has a profound impact. Upon my heart. My soul. And my spirit. If I fill my mind. With light. And uh, life. It will make my soul. My heart. My spirit. Full of light and life. If I fill my mind with death and darkness, it will make my soul dark. It will make my heart dark. Well, I'm not sure I buy that, Larry Ray. Well, good for you. Let's read and see what the scriptures say. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, Your eyes, your eyes being that which uh, uh, let's things into your mind, right? That my mind views things through my eyes, right? So your eyes, I'm sorry, yeah, your eyes are a lamp that provide light for your body. When your focus is healthy, your body is filled with light. But when your focus is bad or unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. If the light that you think you have is darkness, how deep is that darkness? That's one of the most foreboding, ominous statements I believe that Jesus ever said. Be careful of your focus because if you are focusing on something that you think will give you light but it's really a source of darkness oh my goodness that's not going to end well that's not going to end well Paul said it differently but he said the same thing in Romans chapter 8 people who are controlled by the sinful nature Think about sinful things. But people who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that are pleasing to the Spirit. Letting your sin nature control your mind, letting my sin nature guide my eyes to focus on sinful things, um, let's see, letting your sin nature control your mind will lead to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. That's that's what I want you to go home today with. That what my mind focuses on, gives attention to, ponders, it is going to ultimately impact my soul, my heart, my spirit with life, And light are death and darkness. What my heart is filled with will determine what my heart is filled with. That's why God says in Proverbs chapter 4, Pay attention, dear ones. Listen carefully to my words. Don't forget them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to people who find them and healing to their entire body. Guard your heart above all else for it will determine the destiny of your soul. What I let inside my mind matters that's that's the point today. what you let inside your mind it matters it's a big deal according to the scriptures now, I know ninety nine percent of y'all really better than I want to, and i and the the majority of y'all it's a it's a it's a, You get what I'm saying so uh, 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 well, so passionately when it comes to your body. What you put in your body matters. That's why y'all all go and spend a king's ransom at Whole Foods and, uh, and uh, Fresh Market and all these health food places. You, you have been convinced, and I'm not saying you're wrong. Probably make you happier if you eat a McDonald's hamburger once in a while, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, 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 you you go to all these places because you believe you are convinced that what you put in your body matters. It has an an impact upon your body. What goes in your mouth affects your body, and that's true. No one's denying that, okay? But I'm suggesting. That in a similar way, the Bible declares that what we put in our mind also has an incredible impact upon our heart, our soul, our spirit. I was just piddling the other day and uh, reading the New York Times and I came across an article about gimmicks that people Um, have bought into uh, actually the the context of the article was these have become huge phenomenon across our country gimmicks that people use to achieve health goals out of the confidence that what you put in your mouth affects your body profoundly and they included things like for $2,000 you can go to the doctor and he will sew a little plastic thing on your tongue That will make eating so difficult and unpleasant that you won't eat very much. I'll do that for you for (laughs) $1,000. So just, just, anyway. Uh, People are getting feeding tubes. People are going to places to have their bodies frozen. They're not dead yet. They're just having their bodies frozen. Uh, to, to, to impact their health. They're wearing wristbands made of different things. I'm not, right out of the New York Times. Drunkorexia. Which means that you drink instead of eating. Lord, most of my high school friends uh, thought that was... A, they, they knew that 30 or 40 years ago. But anyway, that, um, uh, people are having tapeworms put in their stomachs. Uh, it's very popular, and it always has been, That you, if, you, if you want to impact your body as far as like what you eat, smoke instead. Smoking, it's on the rise in many areas, because if you smoke a lot, you eat less. Stimulants, kind of pills, that, anyway, all that. Uh, eating baby food rather than regular food. Eating charcoal, and having charcoal in your stomach has a profound impact upon your health. Um, uh, Juice diets, wearing uh, uh, blue, that's a special kind, but blue glasses makes food look unappealing. And so you don't want to eat it. Nose clips to keep you from smelling food because you eat less if it doesn't smell good. Ice cream diets. Salt water diets. New York Times, that means balls. If you fill your stomach up with cotton balls, according to the New York Times, that means you'll eat less. Cabbage soup diets. Uh, 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 eating It's called the Jesus diet. And you only eat what Jesus ate. Okay. Anyway, uh, gl- um, gluten-free diets. 8-hour diets, which means you can eat all you want for 8 hours and then you can't eat the the, the other 16. I could give them a run for their money on that one, but uh, 8-hour diets, macrobiotics, which I don't even know what that means, and then, oh, no seasoning diets, which means that your food tastes bland, so again, you eat less. The end of the article in the New York Times declares... None of those things have a lasting positive... And the list, literally, I could have tripled the list. I just stopped because I didn't have any more room. Um, uh, But that all these gimmicks and fads and long-term, there is no scientific... According to the New York Times, long-term, there is no medical or scientific evidence... That anything affects our health positively, but shockingly, eating healthy foods, getting reasonable exercise, and reasonable rest. There is no medical evidence, no scientific evidence, that anything long-term affects our body's health. Well, but eating healthy, getting reasonable exercise, and getting a lot, getting reasonable amount of rest. Point being that there is nothing quick, easy, or magic that can replace diet, exercise, and rest. There are no magic pills, salves, elixirs, or behaviors that can impact our bodies well on a, in a lasting way except those three things. I want to suggest to you today, I want to beg you today to consider that in a similar way you and I will not find lasting positive Healthy change and health for our hearts, our souls, our spirits, apart from being very careful about what we put in our minds and making sure that what we put in our minds are things that would fall into the category of light and life and not darkness or death. We live in a world, and I go to church, with the most precious, extraordinary, amazing, wonderful people on the planet. And yet, so many of us try to circumvent God's plan for impacting our hearts and our souls and our spirits with light and with light through sedatives, through pills. Through distractions. I'm empty. I'm down. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I'm going to come up with these quick gimmick popular faddish ways of impacting my heart and my soul and my spirit. Rather than seriously evaluating What is it that I'm filling my mind with? Because I know that what I fill my mind with is going to ultimately impact the health and the peace of my heart and my soul. Do I use this gift? And it's a gift. This gift of the human failures and the wounds and the pains and the challenges of life. The Bible is remarkable, in my opinion, in, in the fact that it regularly declares to us don't be passive, don't be lazy in how you approach what fills your mind. Just like you're not passive or lazy in what you let enter your mouth because you know that what you let enter your mouth is going to affect your body. Well, the Bible says that's fine. Knock yourself out. But what the Bible says is be careful, be aggressive, be intentional about what you let in your mind because it will impact your heart, your soul, and your spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says, Actively bring every thought in your mind into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Philippians chapter Paul says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and righteous and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy and follow my example. And if you do, The God of peace, and you could also say the peace of God, will be with you. Colossians chapter 3 says, Set your mind on things that are above and not on things from the earth. What we ponder is going to influence our heart, our emotions, our view of life, and our relationships you know that instinctively as a parent we are so we are and we should be and if you're not shame on you we're so careful about what we let our children view and listen to and we should because why it's just what you're supposed to no, know no. it's not just what you're supposed to do You do it because you know that what you let in your children's minds has such an extraordinary impact upon how they see and relate to life. When when do you graduate from that? When, When does that no longer the truth? A perfect example The Lord Jesus gives us Uh, in Luke chapter 12 where Jesus says, Are you struggling with stress? Are you battling with worry? Go outside. Lay your plow down or lay your uh, blacksmith hammer down or lay your pottery wheel down or your butcher shop knife down and go outside. And look out at the flowers of the field. And look up at the birds of the sky. Isn't it amazing that Jesus' solution to to battling with worry and stress is what I focus my mind on. Could He know that there's a connection between my mind, what I focus on, what I let Him Go out and look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers of Annie Dillard would be so proud of the Lord Jesus for getting this right. Oswald Chambers, I sent this to you. He said, the neglect of the mind makes our spirit weary and weak. We must train our minds to stay focused on God and the things of God. Turn our thoughts away from idols. And idols don't get bog down on what an idol is I can tell you what an idol is an idol in this context and I believe in the Bible's context is anything that I turn to to, ma- to cope with life anything I turn to to cope with life that's an idol in my life and he says turn from our thoughts away from idols and focus on God the mind is God's greatest gift and it ought to be devoted wholly to him. I'm not saying there aren't medical issues. That demand. Attention. And counseling. And medication. I, I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about. Is foolish. Incredibly. Childish. Childish foolish, naïve idea that I can fill my mind with junk, with fear-based things. Why am I going to get into all the examples because then I'm planting bad stuff in your mind. But just, I can fill my mind with things that are not from above, And somehow, magically, you're the exception. You're the exception. That won't impact your soul. It won't impact your heart. It won't impact your spirit. And we wonder why we're so depressed and discouraged and the world is so dark and discouraging. Could it be that we ought to stop and evaluate what we are filling our minds with Are they discouraging? Are they dark? Are they faithless? Are they fleshly and worldly? And then should we not consider a connection? I would end just by appealing to us that at the end, and again, I'm not talking about just religious things, I'm not saying that we ought to just sit around and read our Bible 24 hours a day. I'm not worried about any of y'all misunderstanding that, okay? That's not a problem. Uh, I'm not saying you know, that you only ought to listen to uh, uh, you know, Caleb and just sit around reading the Bible and floating on a cloud and, and all that. That's, that's not what I mean. But when somebody challenges you because you read it on the Internet, uh, and somehow that makes it true, that you and I ought to be careful about what we eat and avoid certain things and emphasize certain things because of their impact upon our health. We get it. We don't misunderstand that. Should I just buy a sleeping bag and live in the aisle of Whole Foods? No, That's not, we, Nobody gets confused on that. So I'm not suggesting uh, that we ought to just walk around like a monk or a, or, or something uh, uh, and and you know and, and not enjoy life. That's not what I'm saying. Practically, when I have filled my life consistently with darkness, complaining, discouragement, faithless conversations, trash on TV, I've listened to angry, hateful, uh, attacking messages in the news, Uh, when I've read stuff that was just contrary to everything that Jesus Christ stands for, um, when I'm listening to that, when I'm participating in conversations, um, it it affects my soul. I know it does. I know it does. And the Bible declares that it does. And should we not? Rather than Doc, I'm a little depressed. Give me some pills. Or let me drink an extra bottle of Hooch, and somehow that'll, that'll ease, you know. And, and, you know, we can turn to these temporary, uh, 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 ineffective, uh, self-helps. Maybe a couple of extra hours of video games or Facebook will somehow lift me out of the mire of depression and discouragement and darkness. Good plan. I just want to remind us above all else we should focus our attention on the person and the life and the message of the Lord Jesus himself Paul says in Hebrews Hebrews 12 consider Christ who endured such hostility from evil men and not grow discouraged or fearful. What's Paul saying? Get your mind, get your focus on the life of the Lord Jesus and it'll help you with your fear and your discouragement. That's what he's saying there. Psalm 37, David says, I think it's the most important I believe Psalm 37 is the most important chapter in the Old Testament. And it has become the the foundation of my journey with God. And in there, uh, David starts off by saying, Do not fear evildoers, but rather trust in the Lord. And the Hebrew word there for trust just means look, focus on. Turn your eyes toward. That's the Hebrew idea of trust was just stop focusing in one direction and focus in a different direction. Do not fear evildoers, but rather look to or focus on the Lord. Jesus said the exact same thing in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled or afraid. You trust or look to God. Trust and look to me. Isaiah said it this way in chapter 26. You will keep in perfect peace the person whose mind is focused on you. Um, Robin, you read that verse today. Golly, sucker, Bill! And I promise I didn't know what she was going to read. What did it say? What chapter was that? One forty. 147 or 47? 47, 47. And he said in there, I will rise early in the morning and I will hear about your love. Gah! Yeah! I didn't say that. King David said that. I will rise early in the morning because I want to hear about your love. Okay, Psalm 143. I thought it was in the hundreds, but anyway, I, I believe you. Psalm 143. Uh, I will rise early in the morning because I want to hear about your love. That's what David, David is just saying what I'm saying. We ought to focus our attention and if we start at the beginning of the day, that's a good plan. To hear about the love of the Lord. His love, His sacrifice, His humility, His suffering, His poverty, His trust in His Father, His power over the... I read it Today. He woke up from a nap and got annoyed at some wind and some rain and he said, stop! And it obeyed. That's all he said, stop! And it obeyed. That same power to me and to you that he's committed himself the way the Father has committed himself to Jesus. Jesus said, I've committed myself To you. John 15. Jesus says. I love you. As my father loves me. So rest in my love. And if you will. My peace and joy. Will follow. He said. Greater is he that is in you. Than he that is in the world. He said. My father has given me sheep. That's us. And I have lost. None of them. Not one, not one sheep that my dad has given me have I ever lost. He said, come unto me. Come unto me. Are you weary and heavy, laden, heavy burdened? Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Call unto me and I will come and I will answer. I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. Now there is no condemnation. For those that are in Christ Jesus. Fear not little flock. For it pleases my dad. To give you the kingdom. And I've got to go. I've got some other stuff going on. I've got to go. But as I have left. I am going to return. And you can take it to the bank. That that is true. Our, our world is filled with Darkness stress, and anxiety, and fear, and conflict, and uncertainty. And what you and I fill our minds with will have powerful and inescapable
1: impact
0: upon our minds and through our minds, our hearts. Am I going to pretend that if all I do is... Sitting in front of the TV eating chips and crystal burgers, and I never eat healthy things, and I never get any exercise, and I never get enough rest that somehow over a period of days and weeks and months and years, that won't bother me, that won't impact me, that won't influence me. I'm above that. And yet, when it comes, to who we have conversations with, what we watch, what we fill it with—the books we read, the music we listen to, um, the entertainment, our screen time, and our social media presence time—or however, however you're supposed to say that—that um, somehow, that that won't impact our our hearts and our souls our spirits. Psalm 34 says. Taste and see. That the Lord is good. And joyful is the person. That takes refuge. In him. I love that word. I love that Psalm. I love that word taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's a farming term. For how a cow ate grass ruminated taste and see that the Lord is good taste and see. remind yourself we're so effective we're so good we're so excellent at rem- all the times in life all the people in our lives that have wronged us all the times in life when we've been gypped All the times in life when we've failed. All the times in life when others have failed. We are experts at just filling our minds with memories of people's, including ourselves. Our wounds, our hurts, our discouragements, our failures. What David is saying in Psalm 34 is, why don't you take a break from that? And start reminding yourselves of all the goodness of God. Martha, Mary, you're in the same room. Same party, same house, same guest, same everything. One person's mind was focused here. And one person's focus was over here. And it made all the difference in the world. I just want us to think about the incredible, extraordinary, matchless gift that God has given us in our mind. What am I filling it up with? And what is the impact of those things upon my heart and my soul? We're going to take the Lord's Supper. Um, Mick, would you... Gentlemen, right here in front of you, come up and help me. Shelby. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. We do this because the Lord Jesus told us to. He said, When you gather together, I want you to take bread, which represents my body, and take juice or wine which represents my blood and I want you to eat it and drink it. Why? Because it's important on a regular basis that you fill your mind with what I did for you because it'll impact your heart in good ways. Taste and see that the Lord is good for joyful is the person who takes refuge in him. Who should come and eat this bread. And drink this wine. Well I'm, do I need to be a Catholic. Or a Baptist. Or an Episcopalian. Or this or that. Jesus didn't mention any of that kind of stuff. What he said is. You come. If you're one of these people. That, are, that you're taking refuge in him. The only hope I have of getting to heaven. Is that I have taken refuge in the son of God. And what he did for me on the cross. If that describes you. If that reflects your plan of getting to heaven. Then you're welcome to come and eat. And drink. And remember. And give thanks for his goodness. You come.